1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 18 to 24. Now David fled and escaped, and he came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and lived in Naioth. And it was told Saul, Behold, David is at Naioth and Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as head over them, the spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul and they also prophesied. When it was told Saul, he sent other messengers and they also prophesied. And Saul sent messengers again the third time and they also prophesied. Then he himself went to Ramah and came to the great well that is in Sikhu. And he asked, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they are, are, they are at Nioth and Ramah. And he went there to Nioth and Ramah. And the Spirit of God came upon him also. And as he went, he prophesied until he came to Nioth and Ramah. And he too stripped off his clothes, and he too prophesied before Samuel and lay naked all that day and all that night. Thus it is said, Is Saul also among the prophets? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And um, so we just were coming out of this section where Saul makes an attempt to kill David again, and um, he's rescued basically through uh, the friendship of Jonathan and through the craftiness of his wife. <laughs> and yeah. um, and we talked a lot yesterday about uh, just uh, authority and uh, how the godly submit to the authorities that God has, has put into place, and the ungodly oppose that and seek to go around that. Mm-hmm. And and now we come to a different part of the story where David has escaped. Um, and it's interesting to me that it was told Saul where he was. Behold, David's at Nioth and Ramah. And then later he he goes to Ramah and he says, where are they? Where's Samuel and David? And he says, behold, they're at Nioth and Ramah. Um, and so I yeah, I just think that's an interesting little detail. I don't know if that has like anything significant, no, no, no. but it's just weird to me that he would ask where they are yeah. when he knew already. Um, but yeah, a lot of interesting stuff going on here. Um, anything that stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, so this is, I'm actually, I'm trying to flip over really quick to First uh, Samuel 10, but... The, this should sort of make our our ears single if you've been going through First Samuel with us. Um, when Saul is actually leaving Samuel the first time, there's a similar episode where Saul runs into a band of prophets and um, he he begins to prophesy uh, among them, and that is you know so verse or chapter ten verse twelve. Um, is it kind of gives this, therefore it became a proverb. Is Saul also among the prophets? So, you know, that's, I'm sure there's like entire books that are sort of cross-referencing this whole book, but this there's an interesting callback here to this first moment where Saul is being 
you know, he, he's about to be like anointed as king. It's, it's b before Saul becomes the bad guy. And now we have this second time that Saul encounters prophets and begins prophesying among them. And yet it's actually the Lord opposing Saul and obstructing him in this very weird Old Testament way uh, where, you know, the the Spirit of the Lord rushes upon him and upon his messengers, which, you know, we normally tend to think of as like, that's got to be a good thing, right? Like we want the Spirit of the Lord. Well, it's actually like the Lord obstructing and, and challenging, you know, and, and protecting David and Samuel. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you, what do you make of that whole, you know, pro, you know, prophetic, like, and also what does prophesying even mean in this context? Like, is he talking about, you know, like the Messiah or about, you know, the Russians invading America? <laughs> you know, like what sort of prophecy is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it is. I think you're right to bring us back to chapter 10. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting that he then, like you said, was he was about to be anointed as king, but now you know uh, he's he's stripping off his clothes and he's like before Samuel again, and I think that's also important that like both situations are before Samuel, yeah, um, who yeah. is the Lord's prophet, mm -hmm. um, who speaks for God, and so I think that's like a key idea whenever we think about prophecy yeah. prophesying yeah it's 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 and, and it, he the passage points out that like the spirit of god led these things and so it's it's the human mouth being used to utter uh mm. things from god is like a very simple way of, yeah. I think of saying it yeah. and and so samuel is like he is the appointed prophet to mm. speak for god to make declarations on behalf of god for the people um and uh, and so it's interesting that before him, you know, some commentary points out that like the uh, the stripping off of his clothes is almost symbolic of the 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 stripping away of his kingdom. Mm. Um, and I think that that's appropriate because uh, that's certainly what we're seeing is that in the first situation, his kingdom was beginning to be built up, but now we're seeing his kingdom is being taken away. Yeah, and it's being given to another. Um, and, and that's, that is kind of interesting in that, you know, the people of Israel were God's chosen people. Um, they were given the promises. They were given the words of God yeah. of salvation. And when God's, uh, savior came, they rejected him. Um, they didn't receive him. They didn't listen to the word of the Lord. Mm. Um, they didn't. They didn't trust the things that God had already spoken. Mm -hmm. um, and and so they what happened was God took things away from them, as we read like in Romans, and gave it to the Gentiles, gave it to those who weren't children of the promise. Yeah. All for the sake of the children of the promise to be made jealous and to 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 turn back to the Lord and turn away from their rebellion. But um and so it's it's a similar pattern that I think we see um just in scripture of this mm -hmm. like turning away from the word of the Lord. And what happens from that is that the Lord begins to strip away uh, the inheritance you have in that kingdom. And so yeah. it's even a good warning of like, I've been reading James and at the end of James, the very last thing in James, it says, if you see a brother or sister wandering, you turn him back, 
Those who turn him back cover a multitude of sins. And so it's this kind of idea that like if we see our people wandering towards the path of death, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're to pursue them, we're to call them back because what they're doing is they're wandering from the prophecy, mm. <laughs> the revelation of God, the revealed will of God, um, the truth of God. And, um, and that's, that's a path towards essentially the stripping of all the inheritance mm. that we have in Christ. And, yeah. um, and so anyways, those are some parallels that I'm seeing from yeah. this, this passage. No, that's, that's super helpful and very interesting. You know, I, I think the Lord is really putting himself in the way of Saul here mm. to remind him that, and, and to remind all involved that, the Lord is like the supreme one in in the narrative, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I I just thought of this proverb from Proverbs twenty one verse one: "The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord; he turns it wherever he will." Mm-hmm. And there's something really powerful to that reminder, especially in times like you know the days that we're living in, that even the hearts of of the rulers of earth. Are, are wet clay before mm-hmm. God, you know, and that God can harden hearts, he can soften hearts, he can redirect yeah. uh, thoughts and intentions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he can obstruct and challenge, he can exalt and enlighten. And so in First Samuel uh, chapter 10, Saul, uh, Samuel tells Saul that the Lord is going to rush the spirit of the lord is going to rush upon him and he's going to prophesy and that's a sign that he is god's chosen Mm -hmm. and now the exact same thing happens in chapter 19 but this time it's a sign that he is god's enemy Mm -hmm. And, and you know what got saul to that point was viewing himself as the supreme force and, yeah. and and you know we kind of talked about this idea yesterday of of submission and how mm. David and Jonathan's submission to one another to Saul actually ends up with them being exalted whereas Saul's absolute refusal to submit leads to his demise and mm-hmm. you know I just think that's such a this this idea today is is so helpful of you know, to to live in submission to the Lord and, you know, to not make ourselves opponents of his will by, you know, living at our living with ourselves um mm-hmm. solely in mind. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 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 That's a yeah, it's 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 amazing. And it's such a powerful kind of image and I don't imagine too much, but like this <laughs> yeah. ending here of just laying bare. I mean mm-hmm. great reminder that like who are we, you know, ultimately before yeah. God, but just yeah, nothing. When we set out for our glory, we just end up in our own shame. Yeah, that's, that's all. Right. That's so. right. Yeah. That's a good word. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Jeremy Brooks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. 
We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.